Troy Galloway is a construction manager and consultant, commercial and residential builder, and a certified inspector for all commercial and residential buildings. And now, here is About the House with Troy Galloway. Hello, folks. Welcome back to About the House. I am so happy that everybody is joining us once again, and we have a fabulous show we're going to share with you. Hey, this is About the House. This is your audio university of knowledge on everything about your home, from construction, remodeling, home improvement, everything building, construction related. We also have a forever library system through our podcast that you can pick us up on YouTube and also through any Apple uh, or different type of podcast systems that you have. This is the most informative radio show of its kind. And our company has helped promoting uh, the information that help everybody out there in the construction industry remodeling world. Our company is just like us radio show. We're one of a kind. There is nobody else out there doing what we do for folks throughout the Midwest every single day. We help people with construction consulting. And if you have any questions, whether the job's being done right or not, you give us a call. We do new construction inspections. There's nobody out there that actually, I'm, I'm a building engineer. There's nobody out there that actually, and a, and a builder, master carpenter. So there's nobody else out there that actually that has the knowledge and does these type of inspections. We also do commercial and residential inspections. So if you're buying or selling a home, this is a, you know, give us a call. We'll take a look at it, make sure what you, you know what you're buying. We also do, heaven forbid, construction conflict resolution. So if you're having a little trouble, whether you're the contractor and your customer don't want to pay you because, well, you know how it goes. You got a neighbor that knows everything except for what he's talking about and said, hey, that job's not done right. You give us a call. There's this face it. There's just a lot of contractors that are just not qualified, and there's no licenses or anything for a general contractor. So you give us a call. We make sure that your job is being done right. Actually, our motto for our company, and we've been doing this for 42 years, and our motto for our company is that we are making sure that you're getting what you paid for, you're not getting ripped off, that it's being done right, and that everything is absolutely what you said or you promised to get. So with that being said, we have a fabulous show here. And this is one that folks have been talking to us and asking us to put out for a long time. It took me a while to find one of the top leaders in the Midwest in this industry that he's specializes in. That's asbestos testing. We're going to learn today from, like I said, one of the leaders in the Midwest here of what we're looking at for asbestos. Get rid of all them Google myths, you know, out there. And let, let me just shut up here, and we'll jump right in here. And I want to introduce you to Ryan Spell. He is the owner of Precision Analysts Incorporated. And, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Really tickled. you. I, I know that you happen to be in one of these industries that you save lives, basically. So tell us a little bit how you got started, how the company, you know, developed, and First off, I'm not the owner yet. My father still owns it. Uh, so it is a family business. Um, we've been in business for 29 years. Um, make sure to- dad don't get mad at you for me <laughs> outspoken. <laughs> I, I, had, I had to make sure that he, he still gets his recognition. Uh, I've been doing this almost 20 years. Uh, January 1st will be uh, 2020. will be 20 years for me in the industry. So I've been around it all my life. And, you know, we... We're a family company, and we like to keep it that way, and we help other people, and we like to be consultants be- besides 
being, you know, in it for the money. We're not there. We're, we're there to help people. Well, I know you come highly recommended by another lady of Sally Norris and her husband Chuck of Sherlock Inspection Company. They do, as you know, because they're the ones who referred you. They're they're the lead company, a list testing company, and they 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 said you are to go to. Now, if Sally and Chuck said it, then it's absolutely. And folks, check out Sally and Chuck's podcast, a Sherlock. You can find it right out there on podcast or YouTube. Great show, but they highly they they said you are the to go to guy. So that says tons when she says it. I appreciate that. I mean, that's Chuck Norris. So I mean, yeah, coming from him, that's a the real Chuck regard. Norris. Oh, <laughs> I tease him about he that. He came first, right? Yeah, that's that's what I said too. <laughs> I guess I guess it's an old joke. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he gets it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but except his leg just don't kick near as high as it used to. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about you know asbestos and how you your family got involved in it in the first place. Um, my dad actually used to sell microscopes, um, and then he decided he wanted to do something else and went to a company and started an asbestos lab for them, and decided he wanted to do it himself. And so he started his own asbestos lab and consulting services, and we've been doing it for twenty nine years, like I said. And he just you know really enjoys you know, helping people in what he thinks, you know, he's proficient in. Well, I know that uh, as, a, as a building inspector, as our company does, we run across a lot of, inform- you know, a lot of asbestos out there, especially more in the older homes. Uh, but, you know, like, and I want to ask you about that too, you know, about did it ever end like lead? But we start with age group of homes that we most should be concerned about. I mean, anything built before 1990, um, but even closer to probably 95 because they started the ban and never finished in 89. So we can't make products anymore that have asbestos, but you know, the mom and pop shops that had shelves and shelves of floor tile, they didn't just throw them all out because the ban was there. They sold them. So probably into the mid nineties, you could probably still find floor tile that was being put in and any other materials for that matter that were on shelves, they weren't going to throw them out. So no, I don't blame them there. I mean, especially if you didn't have to as your money invested, but now right. they, and I don't know that most of us, I mean, I've been in the construction business now for 42 years. We just honestly, back in the seventies, when I got started, we just didn't see asbestos being this horrible thing that it we now know is. Well, no one did. I mean, it was the miracle fiber. I mean, it takes on heat like nothing else. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, it was used in so many forms. Well, you know, you mentioned about tile, and uh, one of the questions that we get asked about, you know, and, and okay, you know, that neighbor we was talking about knows everything except what he's talking about. Right. You, they say that nine by nine tiles are always hot, hot, meaning, as you know, I'm just saying to the folks out there, asbestos inside of it, and 12 by 12s are not. But is, is that really true? And tell us more about that, if you would. Now, nine by nine tile is probably about 95% of the time hot. So, I mean, that... Nine by nine, that means nine inches by nine inches square, right? Correct. Okay. So, I mean, if nine by nine, that that first part of the statement is probably pretty accurate. But the second part really isn't. I mean, 12 by 12, it's a very hit or miss. I would say about 40% of 12 by 12 tile from 95 prior is, you know, has asbestos in it. And we see it a lot where 12 by 12 comes back hot after somebody didn't even know 
they were like, oh, it's 12 by 12. We're not going to worry about it. And then came back and found out it was. Now, you don't do the remediation. You only are doing the testing. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, there's a you know big conflict of interest, we feel like, if you're doing the testing and the removal. I could walk into your house and tell you, oh, yeah, there's asbestos here, here, and here. Uh, I can remove it for you know this much money. But we're in it just to tell you what's there. And that way, you know, you know you're getting what you're paying for. I mean, it's a legit inspection for the homeowner. Yeah, no dog in this fight. You know, I mean, you don't have nothing to gain, any extra. But now you can refer people, I'm sure, right? Well, yeah, we have, yeah. we've been working, you know, in 29 years. We know a lot of the companies. Yeah. The we good know ones which, and the bad ones. Exactly. Uh, right. Now, now you know, uh, I think that there's a lot. We're going back to the floor tile because there's a whole bunch of questions here that we've been asked here to ask you about. Now, the floor tile, we know, has got asbestos in some of it. and uh, yeah, But... It, only in the tile? I mean, is it in sheet goods? Sheet goods meaning, uh, continu- if, I know you know, but the sheet goods folks mean a continuous piece of vinyl on the floor. Is it, Do we have any issues with that? Yeah, so there's actually a bigger issue with that, which a lot of people don't realize. I mean, linoleum flooring, sheet good flooring, however you want to phrase it, it's the continuous vinyl with a paper backing. Now, some of the paper backing is negative, but when it is asbestos, it's usually a pure... 85 to 90% Christ tile piece of paper. So really? when you tear that up, it's very fibrous and airborne right away versus floor tile. You know, it can be airborne when you break it up, but the bigger issue is the linoleum and the sheet goods when it is asbestos. So you're saying fibrous because I think we need, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there. The fibrous makes it more dangerous. Is well, yeah, that right? Uh, friable, meaning, yeah, it can release a lot of fibers. So fibrous is when it breaks into the air and all those fibers are released. So it's it's a much more friable material than floor tile. Well, and uh, I'll, I'll explain friable is when it can be crushed by hand pressure or, you know, ripping, which obviously is it breaks that paper right apart. Uh-huh. Wow. So is there an age or time that we quit using it uh, or is it still being used out there on our on our sheet goods? No, it's the same time frame as the floor tile and stuff. Uh, okay. 90s, mid 90s, probably. So we're probably probably not going to see that in our newer homes. We're going to see more of that in our older homes or basements and whatnot, you think? Correct. I know that stuff lasted for a long time. Uh, they used it for a very long time. You know, that's what we loved about it, you know, is that uh, we didn't know any better, and it is forever almost, you know. Right. It was very hard to break down, too. So they they used it because it stayed up. Now, I know that you don't uh, do the remediation, but I know you know all about the remediation. Now, is there like a special disposal? Can an individual do it himself and dispose of it himself? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, truthfully, as a homeowner, if you, for homeowners, yes, they can remove it themselves and throw it away. I mean, truthfully, as a homeowner, as long as they lived in the house for over a year, and that's the big thing, it has to be owner-occupied. For over a year. Yeah. Oh, good point. All right. So a house flipper can't say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a oh, I'm going to move in here and right. I'm going to tear it out, but now I'm going to decide. So, you know, there's no change in your mind, right? Right. So it's not about, it, house flippers are not part of that. They have to be living in the property for a year before they can do that. That's great information. So what about disposal of it? If you are a homeowner, I mean, I know this is, you're a tester, but still, you know. you. Yeah, as a homeowner, you can. Take it down to your trash can, which, I mean, a lot of people will seek out where they can dispose of it properly, but as a homeowner, you have that right to just throw it away. 
So, but when your contractor comes in, you yeah, know, we, we, yeah, because I know under lead we have the RRP rules, you know, for contractors. Is there a what do how do how should a contractor attend to this? Can they remove it themselves, or do you have to have license, or what? What do they what do they have to do? So they they have to be licensed, but there are different ways around the notification process to the counties or the cities or wherever because it's an owner occupied property. They still have some exceptions to what they have to follow. They're still supposed to follow those safe practices as a contractor. So that being licensed, they still need to follow what they're supposed to do. And they still have to dispose of it properly. They can't just say, oh, here you go. Now you can throw it away. So as a contractor, they have to responsibly dispose of it. Now, as a contractor, we're going to, I'm going to pop outside for a moment and then we'll go back inside because there's a lot i think inside is more what we're worried about than the outside but our hard asbestos siding and you know we hear arguments and i get people contact me all the time all around the country actually in regards to this so tell me is that hard asbestos siding is it treated as the same as the inside or the more fibrous type materials um it's treated differently because it is open air um they still want you to dispose of it properly. They still want it to be taken with precaution because most of that siding is so weathered that it's come to the point where it's friable now. A lot of the boards, cement boards, are were not regulated because they were not fibrous. If you broke them, they didn't just spread out fibers. But now, with the age, they become weathered and just all the fibers are just sticking out from the material just from damage from rain sun putting up siding doing other things over it you know so i know i know you probably because lead is also one of the main culprits out there on that siding you know definitely lead paint uh do you how, how does that how do you t- you and the lead testing people work together on something like that do they need to bring you both out there to, uh, or does one usually handle both? Or how's that? How's that work? Um, you know, truthfully, I don't see it often where they bring both out. Usually, if it's asbestos, they'll treat it as asbestos, and that's enough precautions that they're taking. If a contractor's doing it uh-huh. to remove it, and it's going to be essentially better than an RRP because they're going to come scrape it. And an RRP, they can't remove the lead because they're scraping an asbestos tile. Mm, it's totally removal like that removal of the product right so they'll treat it as asbestos versus lead because it's going to go to a landfill it's going to be taken care of properly it's going to be wetted down so that siding is not going to have much breakage from the lead that are going to be more concerned with the asbestos coming out Okay, that's a good point. So I, that maybe that is why now I we see a lot of siding companies that now I understand in lead because I took Sally's course, you know, state license uh, that they could put siding right over that. Can we if it's got asbestos in the material, you know, because I know lead paint can be on wood and you know, but right. how how does that work? Uh, a lot of companies won't do it anymore because most of the time they have to nail into the material and at that point you're breaking it and causing fibers to release um good point good point so back in the day they did because they just didn't care as much or whatever we didn't understand right so you'll see a lot of vinyl over that siding but i don't think they do it as often anymore they just they take more precautions with the companies that are doing that so i recommend folks that if you have asbestos siding 
I highly recommend that you call both Sally Norris of Sherlock Inspection Company and call Ryan of Precision Analysis so as that you can get a full understanding of what it is. So, well, I mean, uh, I want to visit with that, too, so you don't don't hurt anybody, like your own children. This is, is, in like lead, is it kind of harder on the children and and, and your pets than it is in a full-grown adult? No, not, I mean... The, the issue is, is you're not going to see it for 10 to 40 years. Um, so you okay. may be exposing your child and not know for a long time. So it's not going to affect people differently. It's going to affect them later. Oh, good point. So people like me, you know, if it's uh, 20 to 40 years, I don't have a problem. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that, that's a good point though you know for and like animals and our pets it might not be as you know if, if but of course i know it'd be able to exaggerate faster in a, in a small animal than it would in a human be it but still uh but our little children so that's really what we're worried about is our kids right you don't and, want to affect their future no, you just totally ruin it. Is there any kind, if you get lead, now like lead, they can get, you know, they got processes of eliminating out of the body, but what about asbestos? We hear these lawsuits on the, and every, you know, these lawyers just out there begging for business. I mean, is there anything you can ever do about it once you're infected? If I can use the word infected, I don't know the right word. Yeah, I mean, most of the time it turns into a type of cancer. So, um, I mean, obviously there's treatments and most of them are ineffective against the type of cancers that you get with asbestos. So right now it's, it's not good once you get it and it causes horrible respiratory problems. Mm. And what now, if you're, you say respiratory, if, if you're, what if you're a smoker, uh, would that make it even worse or yeah. there, does that help? No smoking apparently, you know, is 90 times more, you know, likely to cause cancer if you're exposed to asbestos. Well, the reason I say that is because I, I heard I, this years ago, it shows how old I am, but a doctor once told me that if you smoked that it coated your lungs and it wouldn't affect you. Uh, apparently, <laughs> a doctor's dead now. You're yeah. right. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Yeah, well, I never heard it after him saying it, but you know, I, I just—that's why we have you here to right. dispel this, be the BS out there, and get right to the real core. Yeah, no, I. I would not suggest that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm past the smoking stage, so I don't have that to worry about. But let's jump back indoors again, because I want to talk about some of the asbestos in the building products, because indoor air quality is huge right now. Big, big thing. Right. And so as we see a lot in, in, in the Midwest here, a lot of asbestos wrap on our duct work. Talk to us about that, the hazards, not hazards. Kind of educate us, if you would. So... When you're looking at the older homes, um, very easy to sign to know there may be asbestos on the ducts is those decorative uh, duct covers that are about a foot off the floor, Um, the real decorative grates. Yeah? I mean, I would say probably about 80% of the time, those have asbestos duct wrap on them, and Mm. even inside the duct itself. I wanted to talk to you about that too. So inside the duct itself, because I've heard that. Of course, yeah, you don't I mean, see it from my point of view. Uh, what do you? What do we do? As soon as I see that, I, I let the homeowners know because then, as that deteriorates, you're blowing it directly into your home, mm-hmm. um, which is a major issue. You know, then then you're living in it, and that's where a lot of the Christile asbestos. That's a dose exposure type of thing, and if you're constantly being exposed to it that's where 
you develop the long-term issues. Wow. That's a great point. So I'll just reiterate the deck. If I see them pretty cool looking decorative exhaust vents, the, the antique ones. Yeah. The, you know, uh, that, that is one red flag, right? Right. Okay. And most of the time it's on the outside. As a home inspector, should I, or all of us put in our disclaimer that this is a possibility I, I would think so. I think it's a very good indicator of most of the time that it's in the walls for sure uh-huh, uh-huh. and could be in the basement if it's a finished basement or or not. If you can see the duct wrap on the actual ducts in the basement and the time, the time is the factor, you know, they're deteriorating, you know, they've been in there for 30 years. So that's just a thin piece of paper that not has been affected by people hitting it or you know, maybe kids, but the air movement, you know, constantly pushing over those pieces is going to eventually erode it and then put it in your air system. I learned something today. I, I always heard about it being inside, but now I learned more about what to look for. That's awesome information. Now, on our duck wrap, explain to people what that looks like. You know, I know everybody here knows, but to help educate them so they can run downstairs and look at their basement and see, you know, any age about what time of frame homes that be. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anything from the 80s prior, uh, probably 1920s, 30s you know, all the way up to the 1980s, it's going to be a grayish white paper, um, either on just the seams or on the full duct itself. Also in the attics, um, when they have the ducts ran in the attics. So if it's intact on my ductwork, is there, should you encapsulate it? Should you remove it? I I hear all kinds of wild stories out there. And I honestly, I, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, it's a great insulator. So I would say encapsulate first. But if it's in such disrepair, I would say get it out of there. So if it's fraying, would we'd call that disrepair, right? That's what you'd call disrepair. If it's cracking, fraying, loose Falling, at the edges. Yeah. Okay. But if it's tight wrap still, we can encapsulate it. And... Yeah, I would say encapsulate it as soon as possible. That way you're not going to have that cracking, fraying, and that movement of air. Is there anything that you would recommend for the encapsulation? There again, I know you're a tester, so I'm I'm, 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 I'm picking your brain all over the place. Yeah, there. I would have an abatement contractor do that for sure okay. um, because they have the encapsulant for asbestos binding uh, compound that they wrap it, paint it, and that way it's secure. And you're not putting yourself at risk by touching it, you know, flaking it off. Okay, that's great. Now, while we're still in the house before we go to the attic, because I wanted, I do want to visit with you about that insulation, because actually I have a client that's talking, you know, has got some issues with it, and he's a doctor, and he's going to be listening to your show as soon as he's done, because <laughs> he honestly he doesn't understand the insulation issues, you know, we hear so much. But what other products are we should we be looking for in our home for asbestos? I mean, like, furnitures or rugs or carpet or paint or what what other things should we be looking for? I mean, not furniture. Um, truthfully, it's there's a long list, but a lot of people don't know joint compound um, could have it. Now, joint compound, explain it to the folks exactly what I know what that is. And, hey, it's not a Colorado thing, folks. <laughs> he's, he's talking right. about something different. <laughs> uh, joint compound is usually on the corners or the seams uh, of dry all the wall. drywall. What about in the plaster? Yeah, My old plaster walls. Skim coat usually can. Ha- can I, I don't see a lot of it, uh, but 
that's where we have found it in the past is in the skim coat that usually the thick outer layer of the covering okay so it's but it's not in the plaster itself necessarily right i mean it it can be we've seen it where it's been mixed with the insulation we'll talk about later in the attics but some some plaster was mixed with vermiculite and so it could be in the plaster as well um i don't ever see it in the drywall it's only in the compound um you're looking for attic insulation duct insulation any floor coverings ceiling tiles um popcorn ceiling popcorn ceiling all yeah. right good texture deal. textured ceilings mm-hmm. walls um those big thick swirls uh-huh. you know that people liked back in the day um we found a, a lot of that and because it's it's joint compound that's mm-hmm. what right. it is they basically loaded up on drywall joint mud folks yeah drywall mud <laughs> for us for us carpenters out there okay <laughs> so uh yeah i mean the that's what they used was is drywall mud and they made it real thick and then made it pretty, but it was, you know, contained asbestos. I'll be darn general. So that's a great point to think about also. Uh, so I, cause I was getting ready to ask you, is it mostly a heat related uh, issue? But it, what you just said, no, not necessarily. No, it was just, it could be in it decorative. I mean, they just put it in everything back in the day. Truthfully, I mean, everything. Why? Uh, heat. I mean, it was longevity, longevity. It, it didn't break down very easily. I mean, as we're seeing now, it breaks down after 30, 40 years. But that, you know, for most people was good enough because they'd remodel by then. Well, you know, something that we as a, as a builder, uh, we used for years was we go get asbestos siding. So when we put our steel beams in, when we're building a home and we put it in the, in the, in the concrete pockets of the foundation, we would use that because it was such it was such a hard compound, we would use the asbestos shingles. Right. And, uh, of course, now we're using steel. Would that, because of the pressure of the, of the home and the steel, would that help break it down? I mean, is this a hot item for us to be looking at? Uh, you mean when they use them for shims yeah, and stuff? Yeah, right. Um, because I know, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say, but we didn't know any better. But I bet you I got a thousand homes out there that I've built over the years that got them in there. Right, and I've seen it. Um, I don't think it's a, a major issue, but I mean, if you can replace them, replace them. They're usually you know, not easy to do, but cover them, encapsulate them, something. Mm. Well, I know a company that could help lift them up a little bit of a company. Construction companies could just take a little pressure off and pull it out. And, right. But... They shouldn't be doing it, though, should they, if they're not an asbestos removal company, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, you should have someone there that can uh, dispose of it properly and remove it properly, and then the construction company could put the new ones back in. That's great. That's good to know. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of people that do home investing listen to our show. And I would say, you know, a huge amount of our people. And so this is, this is all great information for them to know, too. I know you're not a lawyer. I know you don't play one on TV, but on the same token, well, what kind of trouble can you get in if you ignorantly know, you know, you, you do this? Even, uh, if you do, even if you do it ignorantly, but you do it intentionally. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of negligence laws and things like that where you could be held liable. And besides that, you know, the, the homeowner could go after you for contaminating their entire house and things like that. The cleanup costs are insane you know, fine, stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I, I talk to an attorneys, and they, they, you know, they say that just because you don't know, you know, that you do something like this, you could break the, their corporate veil of protection. And so the individual contractor or home investor can be held liable. 
you know, if they do it intentionally. So right, it's best, that important to have somebody like you come out and at least sign off on it, right? Yeah, I mean, the best thing to do is just test. And most of the time it's very inexpensive versus what could happen. Uh-huh. And then you're just protecting not only the company that's doing the work, but the family or company that works there. Yeah, right. Wow. You know, I know so many people don't know. That's why, you, that's why it's so important, and I'm so tickled that you showed up and helped educate us today. So let's kind of wander up a little bit here because uh, I know we're kind of getting closer to the end of the show. Well, wait, uh, let's touch one more thing oh, in the basement. Oh, you bet, please. Boilers and piping. Oh, okay. Yeah, Good I mean, point. Well, Thank well, you. A lot of those old homes have those old boilers that can be wrapped in asbestos, and then the old radiator heating, radiant heating, those pipes could be wrapped. You know, look out for that in walls during renovations and stuff like that, especially if you have the old radiators. Now, if they got the old radiators and they have that wrap, does that look like the ductwork wrap, or is that a different kind of look no, that they pipe. should be? It's a pipe wrap. How would they, How would, well, I mean, if it's a radiator heater, I reckon, you know, if they got the old radiators, they probably automatically, asbestos, would you say, yeah, or automatically them, at least test? Yeah, a lot of them have been renovated over the years because they, those machines broke down quite often and they had to replace them, but... Uh, I, I see them in homes all the time, especially the older homes that we have here in St. Louis. You know, you see the pipe wrap in the, on the radiator still or in the walls. You know, they might remove them right at the radiator, but the walls, they weren't going to go break through and remove all that. They just left it in the walls. Yeah, and I talk to people about that all the time, about what gets in behind the walls, and that's an unseen. And they, So is there a test that we can actually do for airborne? So we're back to air quality again. Is there an airborne test that we can do for asbestos yeah. like we can for other hazardous? Yeah, it's TEM uh, air monitoring, which is transmission electron microscopy. Okay, say that fast three times. <laughs> I know you can. but uh, So uh, that you, tests specifically for asbestos dust. Do you do that? Yeah. Ah, what you know, I know I'm going to throw a bad question at you here, but typically for, say, a 2,000-square-foot home, what would something like that cost? Um, That just depends on how far we want to cover how, you know, many samples we want to run. But essentially that would be 300 plus 100 per sample. Um, 2,000-square-foot home, you're probably going to run – Five on the first level. If it's multiple levels, probably a couple upstairs, a couple in the basement. So you're looking around a thousand, two thousand dollars. Yeah, I tell you what, that's a great investment. You know, I mean, a one do- the doctor bills alone, let alone the heartache and the you know the, the destruction of a family for not following through on that's worth that that almost is the best insurance policy you can get. Right, and usually we end up doing that after someone's taken out asbestos and dragged it through the home and then they found out later that it is best well that's what i'm worried about is yes yes we have the uh, home investors the flippers out there and they they don't care they're just tearing everything up and going through there just like right. crap through a goose you know but on the same token then uh, uh, but well, you just mentioned something that i think people be ought to be aware of so if your home's not been remodeled you know by uh, or by an investor but just because it's older home, and you said that, I mean, don't let me put words in your mouth, but you said you're saying it sounds like it's because of the boiler repair, pipe repair, things like that. They could still have this problem, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times if they're not going to tear out walls, they're just going to leave it there. Uh-huh. Even there's duct wrap in walls, you know, some of those ducts that are six feet high on the wall, the ducts have been left in place, and they might have wrap on them. 
So if you do any home renovations where the ducts are in the walls, you're, you're going to watch out for that stuff. Ah, okay. Well, that's great. So like for like a lot of our old tenant buildings down in the city, you know, they, right. they might, they're, they, they're not been rehabbed. They just did the old buildings, but just because of being old and every, wow, that's a good, and plus the duck inside the duck work. Wow. I didn't, I did, I guess I didn't realize it, all the different areas. Is there any other type of building before we go up into the attic? Is there anything else we should be th- looking for, thinking about? No, I think we covered it. Good. Well, and of course, honestly, folks, I know you're going to have a lot of questions, and Ryan's going to give you his all his uh, precision analysis. He's going to give you his contact. He's going to tell you phone numbers, and uh, he'll visit with you, help educate you for your specific needs. And I'm sure he's going to get blowed up with questions on these, but that's because it's that important. But let's talk about a little bit about you know uh, asbestos up in our insulation. Tell the people about hazards and what it looks like. Well, obviously the hot topic is vermiculite. Um, vermiculite insulation is the small gold flake pebbly looking insulation. Actually, they use it in potting soil too. Um, it, Does it have asbestos in the potting soil? It did. It uh, did? Yeah. Um, but all, not anymore. Yeah, those all mainly came from the, the mine in Libby, Montana. Um, about 95% of all vermiculite came from that mine. Um and which was shut down and living Montana is basically a hazardous uh, city because of all the dust all over from the mining of the vermiculite. So if people get this insulation up in the attic, now I I don't agree with it and I want to say why, but I, they, people say you can just put insulation on top of it and that you have no troubles. Talk to us about how, you know, this actually should be done because it appears to me just by overland with insulation, you still have every light socket and wall cavities. A lot of our older homes are balloon framed. You know, you're talking about this getting down behind the walls. That really, I mean, every time that furnace turns on, we actually create, you know, a draw, you know, a back pressure, a vacuum, you might say. So with that being said, should we just totally pull it out? I mean, what do you recommend? Is there ways of doing it that's the most economical without breaking the bank? Well, there's there's multiple options. Um, we do... We do most of the time have, if, if you're going to leave it, put down uh, clear plastic all over the top first. So that way you're kind of encapsulating it. You know, your wall sockets and or your light sockets and stuff like that, it's going to be, you know, hopefully they're filled in. It doesn't have to be removed. We, I understand what you're saying, but we also tell people if they want to put in a new can light or something that they need to poke through the ceiling Find out where that's at, go up and move, you know, wear protective clothing and a mask and move it away, do your cutting, and then move it back. What about a foam seal then? Because when we're, now we're talking about air quality, again, a lot of time on high energy efficient homes, we seal around our lights, sockets, or, 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 and our outlet boxes and such in there. Would a foam gas seal around it, would that make it airtight enough that you would feel comfortable and the asbestos would be drawn into it? Yeah. Okay. I, I believe so. I but really, what you're really saying is we just need to be tested so we're not up there guessing what we're doing, right? Right, and it should always be tested. And there are, you know, the, the other way to go about it, there are grants out there. Um, oh, good. to Talk yeah. to us about that, too. Um, I, I really don't know the website. I've got a guy who I go through for all of them. Um, but basically, they'll pay up to 50% of the removal if you want to get it removed. So it's a it's a very good program because if it tests for 
what we usually find less than 1% trimolite, then they'll pay for 50% of the removal cost. Less than 1%. And that's, that's, that's bad. Well, the EPA hasn't determined a safe level for trimolite, vermiculite, asbestos. So even though most asbestos is less than 1%, it's fine. Vermiculite doesn't have that. Oh, that's good information because we have a lot of our older homes that have this, and I I run across it all the time. I'm up in the attic. Of course, I'm old now and gone, you know, but but still, nevertheless, I'm up in them attics and such, and, uh, you know, uh, so I'm dragging this home with me, right? Am I putting my, getting my clothes? Is this something I should be worrying about? Um. Not just me, but any of us that's actually our HVAC guys or or folks working up there. And I'll tell you, most of the time, because of the age of it, the asbestos has settled. Um, It's a heavier material than the other pieces of the vermiculite, and which is why it's deemed less than 1%, because there's so much volume that the asbestos is very small. Um, And it's heavier, and it sinks to the bottom. So if it's sinking to the bottom... My concern about getting down around light sockets and, and going down my outlets and down my walls, that's really a concern. That right. Isn't You'd want to make sure things are sealed up. Uh, and we mm-hmm. see it all the time where, you know, catastrophe happens, tree falls through the house and knocks vermiculite all over the place. When did they quit making that? I know you can Google it, but, I mean, do you have any close idea? I, I, I don't see it on any pre-50 home or after 1950. Uh, it's mostly pre-50s that I run across it, but am I just because I'm not catching it right? Um, I'd probably say 70s. I don't have the exact date. I don't remember when they shut John Mansville down for uh, producing that material. Was he the only one or that was the only company that He was produce? the biggest. Oh, right? I mean, okay. he definitely had... A string a well, they on. did a great job of shutting it down and taking care of themselves. So you know, <laughs> that's good. We don't want to say nothing bad about a you know a future sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he's still going strong, making great products. But yeah, uh, they you know he didn't know at well, the time. It, Nobody knew. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, look at all them boiler makers and all them people working in them place. Uh, you know, as a child, my folks had us, you know, and everybody. I, mean, I don't know any of us kids my age that didn't help rip some of that off, you know, and, and tear it off. And, or like you said, we're playing down in the basement and bouncing balls against it and, right. and shaking it. And we never knew any difference and just picked it right up. And But I was kind of worried about that with the clothes. So you made me feel a lot better. And my HVAC guys. So when uh, HVAC getting up there, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this out to, to the other trades. So when you're in as kind of a product like that, you know, make sure it's tested first before you start putting in your product, but then make sure because you're going to get down to a base. You'd not be sitting on top of the insulation, you know, that they need to get it properly handled before right. they get up there, it sounds like, right? Yeah, definitely wear coveralls when you when you notice that if you're going to be crawling through. Um, definitely, you know, we don't recommend any blown insulation, obviously, to be put in there over it if you're going to cover it. Now, you said a sheet of plastic, bisqueen uh, on top, encapsulate it basically, and then put. You know, you know, we get a lot of animals get up in our attics, and uh, it's like squirrels, birds, and right. such. Now, if they they're making nest in it, are they ta- are they spreading this asbestos poisoning to other areas, or is that really not necessarily a concern that we need to worry about? We need to be worried worry about other issues. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're spreading. I mean, if they're spreading it, they're taking it outside. And at that point, like we talked about with the siding, outside is more of a less controlled area. 
Well, that's great. Uh, you know, you've just been a world of, of information, and I thank you so much for showing up, Ryan. And I do want you to help everybody, share with everybody, you know, how to find you, any kind of information that you have about your company, uh, because, folks, I see these companies out here. That's why it took a while to find somebody that I really felt comfortable having on the show, because a lot of these folks are not – they're El Cheapos. They're not testing. They don't have the right equipment. They're just acting, you know, they're, actually they're cons. And uh, we've got to make sure you get it done right. It's that important. So help us out how, Ryan, I could find you. Yeah, yeah. We On our website is uh, www.precisionanalysisinc.com. Um, our office phone number is 314-838-5052. Um, we're actually moving offices uh, in Hazelwood to 952 Anglum. Oh, great. Um, we have an office space there with a drop box. So any testing needs, you can bring them. We'll have our, we have an asbestos lab. So so when I actually, so I could pick up some of this, say that insulation, and take it to your office and have it tested? No, you can't. Okay. You have to be a licensed inspector to do that. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, Good info. Good info. Now, if you were to run into something on a construction job and it's an immediate issue, that is the only exception. Um, you know, you knock a hole and vermiculite starts pouring out. As a contractor, that's an emergency, and you can sample that and take it to a lab. Okay, okay, that's good to know. Uh, so flippers could actually do that if they get into our home investors, and they, they don't like being called flippers, but uh, home <laughs> investors. So they could do that if they got caught in a bad situation in the middle of doing Tarrant demoing or something. Right. Good information to know. Of course, you could test it. Now, do you got any other ways of finding you or learning more about your company and why you are the, you know, I'm going to, of course, we're going to be advertising you, pushing it, but is there any other ways people can find out more about you besides your web page? And, uh, uh, yeah, we're on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, Facebook under Precision Analysis. Yeah, and LinkedIn under Ryan Spell. I promote the business from there. Oh, well, I'm going to have to reach out and contact you. Go ahead to make con- make contact <laughs> friends. That's great to know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we'll we'll see if I accept it. Well, <laughs> I, I I'm going to know I, I'm going to know your dad. Plus, people don't know that Joey here, our producer, fabulous fabulous person. They went these two guys went to school together. So Joey knows your fr- family and friends too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been so great. I so appreciate you coming, Ryan. Share with your phone number one more time, please. Uh, 314-838- And folks, we are your go-to company for any kind of questions. Check out our podcast about the house. Check out our YouTube videos under Construction Building Science, Galloway Building Services. We are a full inspection company. Uh, We also, that's how come we bring in folks like this that are professionals in their industry. So if you got a total package, hire us, you know, take a look at it. Uh, If you're buying or selling a home, call us. You got a construction project give us a call even if i can't help you this is what this show is all about i can recommend you to the professionals in the industry and thank you so much everybody for listening i thank you give us a call my phone number is 314-520-6655 that's 314 
1-800-520-6655. You can find us on our webpage at www.gallowaybuildingservices and, of course, our Facebook page, Galloway Building Services. And we're also on LinkedIn, and uh, I don't have no idea. They got us all over the place. I, I, I'm just the boss. I don't run nothing. <laughs> I'm kind of like your dad. You know, I let the, I let the, the young guys have the, got the energy to do it all. But thank you so much, Ryan. You're very kind for sharing this. You'll come back doing our show with us? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Sponsored by Troy Galloway and Galloway Building Services, your top choice for professional home inspections in the St. Louis area. GallowayBuildingServices.com.